So I want you to think about this reality. Everybody cries. Now, I know some of our macho guys may say you never cry, but you have cried. We all come into this world with a cry, don't we? We have cried somewhere along the way in our lives. Everybody cries. However, we as human beings, we're not the only part of creation that cries or moans or, or desires the Lord and expresses even sorrow. Other creation expresses sorrow. The Apostle Paul says that the entire creation groans. That's Romans chapter 8, verse 22. Because of the fall of Adam and along with the fall of Adam, the created world has been infected with broken effects of sin. And death is ultimately the reminder that something is not right in the world. I went to a funeral Friday of a friend of mine in his 30s who was killed. It reminds us that, that something is not right in this world. This is not the way that God intended this world to be with all the suffering. And, and yes, death is the ultimate reminder of that, but there's other example, examples of that. There's sickness and disease. There's addictions. There's failed marriages. There's relational conflicts. There's loneliness that many experience. There's abuse. And all of this is our effect of the fall of man. These make us cry. Now, I love the excitement as we come in here to Bethesda. Even this morning, I thought, Lord, do I have the right teaching for today to talk about lamenting? Because everybody came in with a little pep in your step. I don't know if it was because the rain yesterday or because it's not raining today. I don't know. But you were a little bit excited as you came in. And I love that. And I'm excited right here with you. But I do be believe this is the right word for us today. You see, these things that are happening in our world, the sin in the world and the effects of sin in the world, it causes mankind to cry. Even non-believers cry over the mess going on in our world. Even those who are not followers of Christ grieve and they're sorrowful for all the crazy that's happening in our world. But for a follower of Christ, the brokenness in our world leads us to a place of lamenting. And what does that mean? What is it to lament? What does it mean to lament? Lament can be defined as this. It's a loud cry or a passionate expression of grief and deep sorrow. See, some of you go, oh, I've done that. I've been there. The loss of someone dear to you. And you don't even know how to express it. You've lost somebody that you love deeply and all you can do I remember when I got the call that my grandma had passed away. I just remember sitting in the chair, and, the, and the, that was the first one close to me that I'd ever lost. I remember that tightness in my chest and, and just like this lump in my throat, and I thought, I can't even breathe. I just, I just hurt so bad. You know what I'm talking about, that loss of someone you care about. Or maybe you got the phone call from the doctor, and it wasn't good news. It wasn't a good report. And you know what it's like to get that feeling of deep sorrow and concern. Or maybe you've heard that for a friend or family member or a failed marriage or, or something that's gone wrong in the world. Or, or sometimes we even lament over sin. Our sin, our disobedience to God leads to consequences that cause us great sorrow and, and, and the sins of others. Please hear me well today on this the enemy, Satan, will tell you that your sin, your disobedience to God will only affect you, but how many of you have experienced sin affects others around you as well? 
and we hear of something we, we hear of somebody we love dearly falling into sin and, and struggling in their walk with the Lord and a bad choice that they've made and, and now the consequences that follow and it just it's that deep place of sorrow where you just you almost just moan you're just like oh God I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to pray. I'm just hurt. I'm just hurting inside. Can I ask this morning, has anybody been there? I've been there. I've been there early on in our years of marriage. There were times where we just struggled. And I thought, you know, it's those moments you take a drive in the car or you're sitting alone in your room at night and you're just, there's that deep feeling of hurt, that deep feeling of sorrow. Janet and I walked that road and God's brought us 31 years now, almost 31 years of marriage. We've, we've walked the road of loss and, and pain. You've walked that road as well. Well, we already established the world cries, so it's not just that. So lamenting is a little more than the grief and sorrow and that deep place of pain. To lament is really not the same as just crying. So I want you to make note of this. It's really not the same as just crying or having deep sorrow. It's uniquely Christian. As I've studied this, I believe it's unique to the follower of Christ. It's the heartfelt cries of lament that are often brief and messy and yet hopeful because it's in lamenting that what happens is we're hurting and we're broken and we have deep sorrow or grief and yet there's hope. This is why it's for the follower of Christ. It's for the Christian. The world can't experience this, see? The funeral I went to the other day, there were some there in the funeral, at the funeral, that no doubt as they stood up, I heard them share, and they were speaking of how terribly painful this is, and yet they were declaring the hope that they have in Jesus. How many of you know the scripture tells us that we do grieve even as followers of Christ, but we don't grieve like the world, we grieve with hope. So we know what it's like to hurt and cry and, and, and to feel the grief the same as the world. But when the world grieves, there's no hope that follows. It's hopeless. This is terrible and there is nothing good in sight for us. But for the follower of Christ, when we grieve, if we, if we learn to lament, what happens is in that lamenting, that grief and that deep sorrow turns into this place of praying and it turns into this place of believing God's word and we have hope in the midst of the pain in fact I'll tell it to you like this to lament is that place that space between sorrow and great grief and believing the promises of God number one in your outline we say it like this for the follower of Christ lamenting is that space between the reality of pain and our hope in the promises of God. We're not denying that there's hurt. We're not denying that we're, sorry, that, we're, that we're full of sorrow. We're not denying that there's a lot of pain in the moment. But it's that space when we, we take all of that sorrow and pain and we look at the word of God and the promises of God and we look at what the Lord can do and, 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 and will do at times in those moments and it causes us to hope. To lament is to experience the sorrow the pain of the moment, and yet to believe with hope in the promises of God. Psalm 113, would you look there with me as our text for this morning? Psalm 113, I'm sorry, Psalm 13, not 113. I'm sure Psalms 113 is good as well. Some of you, uh, some of you may not know that Psalms has a lot of chapters in it. 
So it'll get you to 113. If you'd like to read that one as well later, please do. Listen to the lamenting of David here. This is, what, this is a great picture, Psalm, Psalm 13. It's a great picture of lamenting. Often lamenting starts in our time of praying. It, it, it starts with this, with questioning. Notice here, and you've been here, God, how long? Lord, why? Lord, what, what's going on? And, and that's how David starts this. How long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Now, this is really important because when you look at Psalm 12, there, there's a lamenting of, of things that are happening around in the, in the, the nation. But, but now David is lamenting in this moment more of a personal attack more of personal things that are going on in his life there, there are times when we experience things as a nation or as a community did you know a community can grieve we've seen that and I believe that followers of Christ within a community can turn that grieving and sorrow into a place of lamenting where we're hopeful that God's going to bring something good even out of something tragic and terrible we don't understand it but a, a community can lament if they're followers of Christ. Now, David is not talking about something that's happening to many in this moment, and that's why I wanted to point that out at the end of verse 2. He's really talking about now it's personal. It's one thing to have things happening in our community or our nation or our world, but it's another thing when it gets personal and it hits home to you. You know what I'm talking about? We might hurt with those that are hurting, as Scripture tells us to do, we, we might feel the pain and sorrow of people around us, but when it hits your house, when it hits your marriage, when it hits your family, your children, it's different. And David is, is saying, how long is this going to happen, Lord? How long will my enemies even be exalted against me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes lest I sleep the sleep of death. He's talking about being overtaken and actually being put to death here. Verse 4, lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him. My enemies will rejoice that they've prevailed, they've overcome me. Lest my foes rejoice because I'm shaken. Now here's, here's where it turns. See, he doesn't just stop there in verse 4. He doesn't stop with the, with the how bad things are and the deep sorrow and the deep pain. The world does that. But this is why it's a lamentation, because we have verse 5 and 6. That's what makes it a, lament, a lamenting. He says, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. You see, the Bible is filled with, with songs of sorrow mingled with hope. In fact, about, two, uh, about a third of the psalms are considered laments. About a third of them where it does talk, it's not denying the reality of the pain. The pain is real. There's struggle that is real. There's sorrow that is deep and pain that is, that is real to, to the author of whichever psalm you might be reading. But, but what happens is there's this glimpse of hope that even though it, this is my reality, I believe what you say and I see that you are faithful and I see that you are good and that's why it becomes a lamentation and that's why we see that it is uniquely 
given to the follower of Christ. It's unique for the Christian. Laments turn toward God when our sorrows tempt us to run away from Him. Some of us, no doubt, have been there where our deep sorrow and pain wanted us to run away from the Lord, but a lament recognizes that pain and actually turns us toward God. Lament is also different than just crying because lamenting is a form of praying. It's a form of prayer, as we see in Psalm 13. It's more than just an expression of sorrow. It's more than just venting our emotions. To lament means to talk to God about our pain and to believe what he says about the hope and the promises that he gives to us, his children. As a follower of Jesus, personally, I have personally walked through my own traumas and unexplainable losses, and I've wrestled with with troubling questions. I've done that just like you have. We all do. We all have our personal stories. If we turned you loose this morning and let you all just begin to share, you know, about your own things that have happened in your life, we all have things in our life, our stories that have caused us deep sorrow or deep grief. I'm right there with you. I have my own times where I've, I've been in deep sorrow or grief. And I can also now recognize, after studying this, where it's been really more lamenting than it has just been sorrow. I've had those sorrowful times where I'm like, oh God, what is going on? What are you doing? Lord, what is, what's happening? How long will this be? I, how long will you, you wait before you come and help me? You know what I'm saying? I've been in those places and you have too. But I also recognize now that often I've been in a place of lamenting because I will get the word of God out or I'll begin to pray the promises of God over my situation. I'll begin to speak or declare what the Lord says about my pain and my situation. And that, friends, is when a, 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 just a sorrow becomes a time of lamenting is when we bring the hope and the promises of God into that time, into that moment. It becomes a lament. Now, I've, as a pastor, I've, I've wept with many people, many of you I've wept with. Through the years, as you've walked through some kind of dark moment of life, we've hurt together. I've seen some of you in your time of lamenting. It's a powerful thing to see. I, I will say, I believe that oftentimes true lamenting is a personal, private thing. I don't think I've seen it a lot at the altar, and I don't know so much that it is for the altar not here. I'm not saying you couldn't move into that. Certainly at our watch and pray times, I, I, I think those are powerful times where I know I've lamented, this is my spot. That's why I'm pointing right here. If you ever come to watch and pray, you'll see me, right? That's my, that's my spot. There's been times where I've lamented right here. Oh God, the pain is too much. Oh God, the sorrow is too deep. Oh God, I can't do this. How long? And yet God will remind me of his faithfulness and of his promises. And I'll begin to rejoice and proclaim the word of God. And that that time of sorrow and despair has turned to a time of lamenting in the presence of God. Where I I am, yes, experiencing the reality of the pain. But I am believing with hope in the promises of my God. It's happened right here. For many of you on those watch and pray nights, perhaps you've experienced that too as we lay around the floor or walk around or kneel at the altar. I don't know that it's so much intended for for the space on a Sunday morning because lamenting can take you a while. Lamenting may take you. It's the long drive on the back roads of Sheridan 
Sheridan County where you're driving and you're going, God, where are you? God, I need you now. I need you as we sang and declared, Lord, I need you. I've been on those drives. Anybody else ever do that on those drives? Just, God, I need you. Where are you? But then I began to speak to my spirit, speak to my heart and my mind and encourage myself in the word of the Lord. It's those moments where you're sitting alone in your room at night and you think nobody's there, nobody's listening, nobody cares. And, and there is the deep sorrow of the moment, but you also recognize the presence of God and the promises of God are there in that moment for you and for your need. You see, even this week, I've, I've, I've been to the funeral. I've seen, the, I've seen the deep sorrow of man. I've also seen some of them in that time of lamenting. I sat with a parent this week who, who was lamenting for their, 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 their child, their, their son. I know what's happening in the moment, but I believe the word of God. I believe the word of God. That's what it means to lament. It's, it really is, and I, I thought, Lord, give me something here, and I'm gonna describe it this way. I hope this makes sense to you. It, it's when like everything in your life seems to be going downhill in that moment. And then you reach the bottom and it's kind of that valley of the shadow of death we talked about, that darkest place of your life. It seems like everything's been just spiraling down and now you're at that bottom and you're at the valley and you look at the hill in front of you that you know there is hope there. You know you can climb out of this thing but it, but it seems like a steep hill and you're grabbing, you're grabbing tree branches. I've done that while we've been out hunting. Chandler, Chandler still laughs at me for sliding down the hill in the snow one day while we were out, out elk hunting You know, because the, the hill was steep and I'm like grabbing stuff trying to pull myself up and then I come across a bob wire fence buried in the snow right and so as soon as I hit that it was my natural instinct to let go and I just kind of slid back down there a little ways you know it's kind of that idea of like I'm grabbing I'm grabbing the promise of God I'm praying and believing God's presence I'm, I'm praying and believing God's word right now in this moment and so it's the, it's the understanding of yes there's this downward spiral and we hit that dark place in our life but there is hope and there is the promise of God that keeps us moving forward and I'm not going to die in this valley I'm not going to die in this place and I don't feel like praying but to lament is to discipline ourselves and cry out to God anyway even when we don't feel like it we're calling out to God I don't understand why I'm here and, and, and we might even take it to this point where we would say something along the lines of this I hope it doesn't sound sacrilegious to you but stay with me and imagine coming down the hill it's like Lord I know what you said but I know the reality of what I see and what I see doesn't match right now what I read in your word. And so what I see in this moment is affecting how I feel. And how I feel in this moment is causing me to doubt that your word is true. Now, a lot of people stop right there and they quit talking to God and they quit praying to God because God let me down and what I read here isn't matching what I see right here in this moment but to lament is to turn that corner and to begin to climb again and to say even though what I see doesn't match what you say in this moment and it's affecting how I feel and it's causing me to doubt but for the follower of Christ we turn and we begin to pray anyway and we begin to trust God even though and as we begin to trust God and cry out to God it begins to affect how we feel about the situation 
And as it affects how we feel about the situation, we begin to see things from a different perspective because we're not operating in our feels in that moment. We move back into an area of trust and faith and confidence of God. And as we walk in the confidence and the faith and the trust of God, it causes us to believe God's word again like we heard it fresh for the first time and say, even though my world seems to be falling apart, my God is good and my God is faithful and I don't understand it, but I trust your will to be done in my life, Lord. That's what it means to lament. It goes beyond what we see in the moment. It goes beyond how we feel in the moment and says, but I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to trust you. One of the greatest pictures of lamenting, I would say, that I've ever experienced was a painful experience. And I was, I was able to help walk through this time of lamenting. But it wasn't my own. It became some of my pain. It's when my little brother called me. And my little brother Jay, some of you know him, at six and a half months, him and his wife expecting their first child. And at six and a half months in, he called. And he was weeping. And he said, we've lost Jackson. Jackson was his name. We've lost Jackson. Something happened. There was an infection, and, and we've lost Jackson. And, and, and he said, I don't know, but they're talking about Becky's still going to have to deliver this little guy. At six and a half months, she's still going to have to go through with the delivery. And so I told Janet, I said, I got to go down there. I can't, I mean, we're just a close family. I'm like, I need to go see my brother. I just want to be there for him in this time, expecting their first child. I got there, and of course, there was a lot of emotion as we all talked, and yet there was faith. And, and they had heard the words from the doctor, and, and she had not delivered this little one yet. And so they wanted us to pray prayers of faith, believing that God would even still now revive or, or, or cause this little one to come back to life if it would be God's will. And so we prayed prayers of faith, believing, asking God that his will would be done in this moment, and that God would protect Becky and help her during this time. And I remember going to the hospital with them, and they did some more tests, and and they, they, they said, definitely, this little one is, is not with us anymore. And they put my sister-in-law in the hospital. And as she lay in that hospital room, it was a powerful moment, powerful time, as we gathered around her and prayed over her. I thought that was powerful in and of itself just to see the prayers and the confidence in God with my mom and dad and my brothers and my, my sister-in-law and all of us gathered around with their pastor, I thought, man, this is a powerful moment. But the most powerful moment was when my sister-in-law lamented. And she didn't know probably that anybody else could hear it, but the doctor, the nurses, my brother and her, as she delivered this little child, and as she gave birth to this little one, I was outside in the hall and I could hear her screaming with the births of, with the pain of, of childbirth, the labor. I could hear her screaming. But with every scream, she was saying, Oh God, you know my will, but your will be done. Oh God, not my will, but your will be done. Oh God, I believe in you. I believe in your word. But oh God, your will be done. Your will be done, friend. That is what it means to lament. That's what it means to lament. She says, I am hurting. I am in pain. 
I am struggling. In this moment, what I feel and what I see doesn't line up with what you said, but I know your word is true, and no matter what happens in my life, I'm going to trust you. Not my will, but your will be done. That sounds like the words of Jesus as he lamented in the garden of Gethsemane. Yes, I'm telling you this morning, I believe Jesus lamented there in the garden. Not my will. Your will be done. He was faced with the reality of the pain of the moment. But he knew what his father had said. He knew the father's will. And he declared, not my will. Your will be done. If there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not what I want. What you want. Lord, teach me to trust you. I got a lot more unpacking of this teaching to do. We're going to put a pin in it right here. And we're going to postpone it. We're, we're, we're going to continue it, I'll say, until next week because God wants us to pray right now in this moment. I want you to stand with me. Would you please, praise team, would you get ready? Didn't mean to be so emotional this morning. Those of you that are new, I'm not usually this emotional. Obviously, that's a very personal story. But I want you to understand what it means to lament. I see a picture of it right there in my sister-in-law. In the midst of the most tremendous pain, not only the physical pain of childbirth, but all the emotional struggle that was taking place in that moment in my sister-in-law. Some of you ladies may even understand that. I'm sure you understand it much better than I do. But in that moment, all those emotions, and yet there was this cry of faith. Lord, I trust you. She was declaring, I could hear her from the hallway. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. If there's anything, any other, if you could, if there's any way that this child could be born, Lord, but I trust you. And not my will, but your will be done. Friends, that's what it means to lament. I'm at the bottom. I'm in the pain. But I believe your word. That's what it means to lament. As we go to prayer in this moment, if you've never repented of sin and you've never trusted in Christ as your Savior and Lord, I plead with you, do that today. He never promises us that the walk is going to be easy. He never promises us that we won't have pain and sorrow. We'll still experience it, even as followers of Christ. We'll still experience pain and struggle and questions and difficult days. But we have the hope and we have the promise. And our confidence is not in what we see in this life. Our confidence is in the word and the promises of God.